0: everybody and welcome to a late night edition of the sea report welcome 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 i hope everyone is doing well out there in foxhole twitch and uh other lands that we have going on with our streaming today um first of all i did want to thank you all for um hanging in there with me i i had some doctor's appointments to run today and those were long about dinner time and then you know once you do the doctor's appointments You want to get to dinner, and then once you get to dinner, you want to get to other things. But uh, I made sure that I got a really good report for you guys today. Um, So before we get into the report, um, again, like I just want to say thank you. And then, um, yeah, so so a couple of things, because we're actually going to be talking about voter and election fraud tonight. Now, the reason why we're going to be doing that, of course, is because we know that we are right on the heels as of today of uh, one of the biggest uh, vote recounts and audits that that will be taking place. Place this week later on on the twenty second, um, in regards to Maricopa County in Arizona. We know all of the shenanigans shenanigans that went on over there in Arizona during the twenty twenty presidential coup, right? Um, so uh, we'll be taking a look at. All of the voter election fraud information that I could find for you guys just to drill that point home that uh, this is indeed real because, of course, we have the mainstream media, legacy media, however you want to refer to them, on and on and on throughout this entire process saying there is no such thing as election fraud. There is no such thing as voter fraud. So we're going to give you a little bit of ammunition or maybe if you want to pass this episode along to people who are non-believers, you can do that too. But these are all coming from the headlines. These are all public. Published. These are all cases that have gone before lawyers, before court, who have been prosecuted, people who have been charged. This is the information to let you guys know. and. Throughout the course of today's presentation, you will also note that some of these might seem insubstantial, like we're talking about like cases of like maybe hundreds of votes as opposed to thousands of votes, and uh, we will show you through the course of tonight's report that how even a margin as small or seemingly insignificant as hundreds of votes really can make the difference, especially at the local level, because again, we want to make sure that we're taking our fight to our backyard we don't want to be going up against these monoliths in federal government when we can easily take down the peasants in our backyard. I mean, at your city council level, you got them. At your state legislature level, you got them. Why try and go against the big gods of the federal government with all of their corporations backing them up when you can attack them right at home? So we'll be taking a look at a bunch of cases that go into that very aspect of voter and election fraud. And guys, there are a lot of them. Um, but okay, so before we get into today's program, as has become customary here on the Sea Report, we'll do a quick chat recap. Uh, first of all, I would like to uh, uh, give a nod to some recurring themes that we have over at the Sea Report chat room Suki, Cloud Watcher, Aurelius Locke, Micah, also known as P34V3Y, Classical Chick Joe1 of2. I'd like to thank you all for being repeat offenders at the report. I'm glad to see you guys popping in and out. Even if you're foxhopping, it's good to know that you're there in spirit. And then, um, Always in Texas had this great quote, and I've seen this and heard this throughout, um, throughout my foxhopping adventures, uh, whether you may know it or not. Um, Always in Texas uh, quoted to say, we all volunteered to be in the unvaccinated control group. Here, here, guy. I think me and you are probably the first two to sign up for that one, right? Always in Texas. all. Alright, guys, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and get into the story. Oh, but first, uh, there were a couple of headlines. I'm not gonna really pour into the story too much. Some of you guys probably already know about it. It's already the talk over the town. Uh, we had a huge, and I could not ignore this because let me tell you something in preparing this report today and then going over some of the headlines of the day and the weekend, this one, I think you all will agree, was one of the biggest headlines. I like just about dropped my jaw. I was like, "Oh my God! The science of masks has finally, finally been published, and and, and, and none other than a what? Uh, one of those mainstream and extremely legit." Um, universities. Uh, that was the uh, healthcare system, Stanford University of Palo Alto College, published by the National Institutes of Health itself, guys. If you guys have not heard about this study, it was published at the Gateway Pundit today. I encourage you to go read it. It tells you all about how the uh, science of masks is basically a non-science, and, these ma- and, and it verifies what we already knew, guys. Masks don't work, but in fact lead to a lot more severe problems. There was Oh, I cannot remember whose show it was on Foxhop, Foxhop on Foxhole. Sorry, I was Foxhopping on Foxhole. Um, but they actually had a woman, I didn't, I don't recall name or, you know, what her uh, status in life was as, as per her work and, you know, uh, stuff like that. But she was going on about how uh, masks were actually used on enemy combatants in certain countries. And this report basically verifies everything that woman said. So I Definitely suggest that you guys get your hands on that report, go read it, study it live it, love it, learn it, and then go share it with your friends. It's huge. It's huge. I could not believe that they actually had this published by the National Institutes of of Health, which of course Fauci associated. Hello, this is pretty big, guys. And then uh, the other big news this uh, this week today was uh, Mike Lindell over, um, over at his frankspeech.com. Now, um, Seems to be a lot of controversy over Frank's speech. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Everyone wants to drop their F bombs. Some people want to swear in God's name. You know, I, I personally don't care for, you know, racial remarks. Uh, I, I am an everlasting optimist. So, you know, I, I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. But like, um, yeah, you know, I would say, uh, this guy, uh, seems to have his heart in the right place. He seems to be fighting for America. He seems to be America first. Um, I don't care about the content of his character from 20 or 30 years ago, personally. But um, I would say, I would say, you know, Frank's speech, I tried to, I was up. I was up this morning at 8.30 a.m. I was on Frank's speech at 8.38. I managed to get my username and email in the whole crash uh, the whole site crashed. Um, I mean, I'm not really big on um, on social media platforms, but I wanted to give this Patriot support um, because as far as I'm concerned, guys, we haven't won the war yet. You know what I mean? So like, I'm going to support anyone in the fight for America first. I don't care if I have a difference of opinion on them. I don't care if I want to say fuck all night long, but I'm just telling you guys that that's just my point of view. And so anyways, I don't know if that site's ever going to work, honestly, <laughs> because I think there was just so much traffic I think there was so much traffic that it just, it was just crash, 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 crash. And so anyways, I'm sure the Mr. C handle is gone by now. I'm sure the Q&A hole's handle is gone by now. I'm sure everyone's taken everything. I'm sure it's too late and I may as well just give up on Frank's speech, right? Anyways, I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, guys, I just think that we have not won this war yet and I don't see any reason to be nitpicking, but that's just my opinion, humbly speaking. So help me God. All right, guys. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into today's report. and uh, let's see what we're looking at today so first of all let's talk about what's going on in arizona now like i said arizona and and okay realistically speaking in the 2020 presidential coup we had five major contested states right five major contested states but let's be real guys Every state in the union was affected by election fraud and voter fraud. Every state in the union. And really, instead of just calling for an audit of the five major contested states, we should have been calling for an audit of all 50 states. Because realistically, if you look at it, if you know what was going on, if you know the backstory, if you know all of that story, right, then you know that just about everybody and their grandmother, with the exception of maybe President Trump, who was visually put out and made an example of by the legacy media and the deep state, um, everyone, 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 guys, should have their seat taken away from them. I mean, even Republicans, of course, even Democrats, because every single, every single race in the 2020 election was touched by fraud. Every single one. So really, it would call for an unseating of everyone. Now, you guys might be saying, Mike, Mr. C, you are crazy, Mr. C. Mr. C, what were you drinking before you got on the air today to come and say these things to us right here and right now at 9.30 a.m. or p.m. Central Standard Time, right? Well, I'm just saying, guys, every single state was touched by fraud. And based on some of the specs and maybe some of the inside baseball, but, you know, I I feel like a lot of my audience now knows what I'm talking about. Like, really... I mean, from the electronic voting fraud to all the numbers being switched and taken overseas, and and to the ballots being harvested, to the ballots being shredded, to all of the mismatched uh, envelopes, everything, guys. To the to the post office men taking ballots over to Canada, trying to, to to flee to the Canadian border, you know, with with you know boxes of ballots. To everything, guys. To missing ballots in California by the thousands, the military ballots missing by the thousands, like. Every single state in this nation was affected by voter and election fraud. And really, it should have been an audit of every single state. It probably would have taken a year or two. But we will see exactly how this plays out in Arizona and Maricopa County. Now, just before I got on, um, I was doing a quick search for some vids on like uh, this whole election thing. I came across this one guy. He touted himself as a as a big man with big opinions, uh, just because he was, you know, overweight. And um, he was uh, he was going on about how he thought that because of the fact that this audit was going to be carried out by uh, four independent agencies, uh, the one he picked on the most was um, was the uh, cyber ninjas out of Florida. Um, he felt that since it was being uh, audited by independent agencies who are being paid by state funds, that that meant that it was going to be a sham audit, that it was going to be bought out and blah, 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 right? Like, it's not real because now money's involved and it's the state taxpayers who are paying for it. So it should be the state who's auditing it. But come on, guy, let's get real. Clearly, the Dems, the liberals, the progressive, socialists, fascists, whatever you want to call them, They do not know how to recuse themselves. Well, the state of Arizona basically recused themselves because they're the ones who handled the counting and this election. So how on earth could the state of Arizona be involved in an independent audit if they are the ones who are being put on the spotlight for the way this whole thing went down? Correct? I think so. Anyways, if you disagree, I'll read your comments after the show, and then we'll talk about it in the next episode. But that's all good. I mean, I don't think any of you guys are a big person with a big, uh, big, uh, big opinion like that liberal man was. Because in the end, he was like, it's not about the magas. Anyways, okay, so, but but generally speaking, and and to preface the rest of this episode, it's not about the MAGAs, and I'm all for the MAGAs, guys, you know, I am MAGA man, no, I'm not a MAGA man, but I am a MAGA, you know, like, I am all about Trump because of what he did for our country and what he represented as a leader with his own, uh, his drive to save this country, you know, so... But what, what the most important thing out of this entire presentation is not going to be just about, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, turning an election for Trump. We're already well beyond that point. They are already well taken care of that point. I think if any of you guys have been paying attention to what's been going on with Sidney Powell and General Flynn, I think you guys are very well aware that the hat is in the bag like you know we got this guys we got this we just need to exercise patience Positivity and a little bit of faith. You know what I mean? A little bit of faith. Um, I, it is. It is my opinion. and Again, this is not a metaphysical show, but it's my opinion that if you're going to project negative reality, you're going to get negative reality. So knock it off. Anyways, okay. So let's get back here to uh, what's going on in Maricopa County. Now, all of us have been talking about it. All of us know this is going down. Now, as of today, April nineteenth, uh, Karen Fan, who is the Arizona Senate President, um, informed Justin. News.com that uh, they had secured the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Phoenix. Starting today, uh, the audit is set to start on the 22nd. Um, but as of today, they are in the uh, the uh, Arizona um, Veterans Memorial Coliseum. That's where, in Phoenix. That's going to be there. They are going to be performing this audit. Um, they will be testing voting machines. They will be scanning ballots. They'll be looking for IT breaches. Um, and and this whole thing uh, um they're also going to be performing a hand count. Now this whole process is supposed to last about a month. Um and they're looking to get, you know, information going uh somewhere in May as to uh, what was actually going on, what the uh the prospects are of this. Now again, um we have this happening today now. Karen a fan, a good Karen apparently or maybe she was a Karen for the right people, you know. She was like, "Show me your back. Anyways, she was like, we are performing the full forensic audit to either dispel our voters' concerns or if a problem is uncovered, we must fix the problems before the next election, adding, we have never accused anyone of fraud or misconduct, whether it be the hardware, software, or actions of personnel. We hope there is no intentional illegal tampering, but if found, we will turn the information over to the state and federal attorneys general for the further legal action and we will proceed to make the appropriate corrections. Um, Now, that is going back to say that this is not about turning the election over for Trump by no means. I mean, it's up to us to have the diligence to fight and to share this information. You know what I mean? And and to continue to carry the America first attitude, uh, uh, and I don't wanna sound like a liberal, but to the inclusivity of what we have built for ourselves, separate from the lemmings and separate from those who are asleep, and separate from the deep state shills and brainwashed. You know what I mean? Like we really have to pull our numbers together, guys. We cannot be separated over little tiny details and factions. We know it's in our heart, guys. We know it's in our heart. And if you follow you your heart how can you go wrong unless you're evil <laughs> you know what I mean because some people have wicked hearts I mean you cannot you cannot deny that right I mean that's why we have more than half the people uh, in 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 the Senate and in the house that are doing what they're doing with like what maybe 18 out of all of them who are actually fighting for our rights in America I mean come on guys like this is some real stuff so what we what we're looking at this in tonight's um, in tonight's report is about election integrity election integrity and also to bring to the table that we have plenty of cases of voter fraud and election fraud. And that's even in in the face of like people like CNN who said, there's no such thing as voter fraud, MSNBC. There's no such thing as election fraud, Fox News. uh, uh, Trump lost Virginia, even though we all saw on live television (laughs) how that went down, right? Anyways, um, okay. So yes, it's all about election integrity and that's why we're bringing you this report today. And just to say, hey, guys, this is real. We know it's real, but now we're going to crystallize for you what it is that we're trying to say. Now, this independent audit in Maricopa County that starts on the 22nd will be conducted by out-of-state companies, including Wake Technology Services, Cypher, Digital Discovery, and Cyber Ninjas. Fans said that the state's Republicans have sabotaged, uh, have been have faced sabotage by the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And that the process has been hindered. Now, the Maricopa BOS, or BS, I'd like to say, has refused to allow us to perform the audit at their facilities, is what she said. She also said, and they have gone as far to refuse even to answer simple questions as how are the ballots sequestered? It's taken the Senate two and a half months to win in court to uphold our right to issue subpoenas for election materials and another six weeks of researching to select the audit team to f- perform the full forensic audit. She said previously that their intention was never about overturning elections. It was about the integrity of the Arizona election system. And I say amen to that, sister, because that's what it's all about. That's what we're fighting for now. That's why poisonous legislation like H.R. 1, which basically just legalizes everything that they did to steal the election in front of our eyes in 2020 presidential coup need to be put underground six feet under if not more buried silt cemented over and never to be looked at again that's what i think all right guys so let's get into some of this election fraud all right first of all we're gonna take a stop in georgia oh wait that's arizona whoops my bad that was supposed to have been up the whole time all right let's go to georgia Is that Georgia? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Georgia. Okay, guys, if that's not Georgia, Mr. W, forgive me. No, just kidding. (laughs) Ah, who's that? Okay. All right, guys. So now we're going to take a stop in Georgia first, uh, because again, this was one of those heavily contested states, one of the five, right? And this is the one where, of course, we all know all of the scandals coming out when they tried to to push subpar voter election, you know, reforms. And you know what? They were good. I mean, we'll take them, but they weren't enough, obviously. But it's a start. But still, it's also a minute too late. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But in regards to the story on election fraud in the state of Georgia, We're going to go back to um, one of the C reports that we did, I think, last. Well, actually, this is our second week on the air. So last week we did a story on uh, we did a story on Stacey Abrams. You guys remember the gap tooth big mama from over in uh, Georgia that likes to take up her space in the uh, in the uh, buffet line. Right. Uh, So Stacey Abrams, if you guys recall, that she was coming under fire. Uh, There are people who are going to start filing lawsuits against her for possible um, election fraud and campaign fraud. Right. So that's what this story is about. Basically, it comes from the Epic Times. Georgia Election Board refers 35 voter fraud cases for prosecution. Um, the story says the cases include four instances where instances where authorities say convicted felons voted for or registered to vote, and four other cases of non-citizens voting or registering to do so. Authority authorities also said a group called the New Georgia Project submitted 1,268 voter registration applications after a deadline causing voters to be disenfranchised in a 2019 special election. Now, I might just stop here to say that all of the cases I'm presenting to you from you tonight come from stories that were from uh, January 20th all the way to present date. Uh, some of the stories will reflect um, cases that involve like a 2018 case, for example, or maybe as far back as 17. But these are all recent cases of voter fraud um, and, and all within uh, the, the term of uh, Trump's presidency. So you can see because, you know, we have midterm. Oh, you guys know how the election system work and the cycles work. So you guys get it, right? So anyways, back to the story. Now, um, we had actually mentioned this individual in last week's report, Nisei Ufot. Uh, This is a person who works with the uh, New Georgia Project. And, you know, uh, when I read that name, Nisei Ufot, uh, last week, I, I really didn't know what to make of it. Um, I, I couldn't really tell what pronoun this person should go by. So I thought we'd put her face on screen or whatever that is. OK, so this is Nisei Ufat. This is the president of uh, um, of the uh, New Georgia Project, in case you're wondering what it looked like. Um Nuseufought was heard to have said the February 10th state election board meeting was the first time the New Georgia project heard about the allegations regarding NGP's important voter registration Work from 2019. We have not received any information on this matter from the secretary or any other Georgia official, so we will have no further comment on the investigation. Well, this article came like from maybe February or so. Uh, so up, up to this date, if we recall, uh, they are currently under investigation. They've been subpoenaed, etc. Uh, the article went on to say Raffensberger said last year that the project was one of several groups that sent letters to people living outside the state in possible violation of georgia law so here you have uh, this good-hearted group the new georgia project sending letters and i'm 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 more than willing to bet that these were letters of uh you know um uh where they were seeking um seeking votes or support to people outside of the state of georgia like how whack is that like that's like that's way out of bounds and say fought way out of bounds if you ask me Anyways, it also went on to say in the article, the group, which says it fights for voter rights and was founded by former Democrat gubernatorial nominee Stacey Abrams, the group ran into trouble before when it failed to pay unemployment insurance, according to state records. God, they are shady. During an appearance on MSNBC last week, Ufot said, the idea that there is rampant voter fraud is insane. It is a part of Republican fan fiction. God, do you see what these people do? Do you see these stories that they press? They say there's no voter fraud. And then what, what are they saying in the headlines right now? Russia engaged in voter fraud, but yet there's no voter fraud. You guys knew this storyline. Come on, you guys knew this storyline. Uh, story goes on. Authorities are also accusing Floyd Jones and the Fayette County Board of Elections and voter registration, where he was director at the time. Uh, of improperly handling four memory cards registering uh, 2,760 votes in the November 3rd, 2020 general election. The board immediately responded to a request for comment. Fayette County was one of four where officials found uncounted votes during a recount. Some 2,755 votes were uncovered in a memory card that were not included in the initial count, Raffensberger's office once said. And yet that wasn't enough, guys. Really, that was not enough. That was enough uh, for them to recount the same ballots that they counted, valid or invalid, legal or illegal. I-, I mean, I guess as long as they showed that they made an attempt to do it. But I mean, come on, guys, we're not that dumb. Another notable case involves an Atlanta woman named Sum- Sum- Samunta-, Samunta Pittman, who allegedly submitted 70 false voter registration applications. While canvassing for the Coalition for the People's Agenda, the coalition did not respond to an inquiry. Two other individuals also allegedly submitted a one false voter registration application each. While a third is accused of voting in another person's name. So pretty crazy, guys. That's just case number one for voter fraud coming from the state of Georgia. And uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> that's just that's just one, guys. We're gonna we're gonna hit them um, all of them right now so let's see what we got up next and uh next up we got the state of iowa 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 now we all know how close an election can get especially if you think about a state like iowa guys do y'all guys remember the story of the one of the closest elections at least in what 50 60 years in the state of iowa that was between uh, representative uh, Rita Hart and Marionette Miller who has since won the election now in that election that election was decided by 6 votes, guys, six votes. It was that close. And then, of course, Rita Hart being the sore loser that she was tried to get Nancy Pelosi to flip the seat for her since the House and the Senate are controlled by Kamala Harris, one vote and then the rest in the House, of course. But like uh, that was that did not prevail. Fortunately, Miller Meeks did come out victorious in the end. But that's why I'm saying even in the cases that we're talking about today, as little as like, even like a percent or two can make the difference at the local level, guys. And we have a lot of cases of local election fraud today. So I'm saying, guys, your backyard is where you want to start. Now, this story from Iowa, I got from WBBM News Radio: Five arrested for voter fraud in DuPage County. Now, the DuPage County State's Attorney Office filed charges against five individuals accused of various charges related to fraud in the 2020 General election. The charges stem from investigations into 32 cases of alleged voter fraud. The DuPage County State's Attorney's Office said while most of those cases have been closed without charges, several remain under investigation. Now, up for their heads on the block, we had a man by a uh, name of Adam P. Butler, 51, of Lyle, Iowa, Thomas E. Wachowski, who is 73, of Carroll Stream, Iowa, and Colleen A. Kirchhoff, 61. Of Naperville, and these individuals are accused of trying to cast a ballot for someone else. Now, Butler and Kirchhoff are each being charged with one count of forgery and one count of perjury as per the election code. Now both charges are a class three felony. Now, Wachowski was charged with one count of perjury and election code, which is also a class three felony. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, we had two Two individuals from the uh, state of Texas, Austin, Texas, my former hometown of 10 years. Well, not hometown, but anyways, uh, basically, uh, it's my chief belief if you've been in place 10 years or more that you are no longer a transplant. Um, Two people from the state of Texas, 43-year-old Derek Kent and 41-year-old Amy Kent, those bleeding heart liberals, I guess they just ran up to Iowa to see if they could turn it blue. I don't know. Anyways, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but these two individuals lied about living in DuPage County for 30 days or more prior to the election, the election. So they're one of those people, one of those people that do those things, right? Um. Now, it says both have been charged with one count of perjury an election code, which is also a class three felony and a judge signed an arrest warrant for the five defendants. And each of them were set at a bail of one thousand dollars. Election fraud and voter fraud exists. Let's go to the state of Michigan. Okay, guys. Looking over at Michigan, what do we got here? This is an article by Eli Haidt. Um, it says, Judge Rules Michigan Ballot Signature Matching Guidance Invalid. So I found this one interesting because this one's actually going to be uh, more in the onus of the legislators and those who write the uh, policy. So we'll be looking at election fraud on the inside as opposed to the outside of it in this story. Now, the story goes on to say that a Michigan judge has ruled that the state secretary of state, Jocelyn Benson's guidance last October Relating to ballot signature verification wasn't in compliance with the law and is invalid. So basically, what happens here is you have a Secretary of State who says um, she wants to go ahead and write um, a guidance of how we should accept or look at uh, these absentee ballots. And mind you, The state of Michigan already has their own regulations and rules and laws in regards to election and how to handle um, how to handle uh, this type of situation with these absentee ballots. So why does the secretary of state feel like they have to take it upon themselves to give guidance? when they already have the regulations out there, right? Okay, well, let's see here. In the article, this gentleman by the name of Christopher Murray, who is the chief judge of the Michigan Court of Claims, he said the standards issued by defendant Benson on October 6, 2020, with respect to signature matching requirements amounted to a rule that should have been promulgated in accordance with the APA. Um, So that is the Administrative Procedures Act for the state of Michigan in regards to election rules, right? Um, And absent compliance with the APA, that makes the rule invalid. So if uh, State, Security of State Jocelyn Benson's guidance doesn't comply with the APA, anything that she suggests will be invalid, right? And the judge has ruled you're invalid, Miss Benson. You are invalid. Now, Michigan Republican Party and Allegan County Clerk Robert Ganetsky. Filed a lawsuit on November 2nd, 2020 against Benson and Jonathan Brader, who is the director of the Michigan Bureau of Elections. The plaintiffs claimed that the guidance Benson issued last October had violated the APA and should be nullified. They also asked the court to declare that they have the right to request an audit of their choosing saying the statewide audit in November didn't review whether the signatures were properly evaluated. So, I don't know, maybe I should follow up on this story and see if they're actually going to get that audit. I mean, Michigan was one of those contested states. So, let's see here. Um what I pulled up was um uh, what I pulled up was Benson's guidance. Now, you guys got to see how ridiculous this is. Okay. So, let me go ahead and get that big on the screen for you. Okay. And uh let me let let me zoom in a little bit for you. Okay, guys, so we're looking here at the guidance policy that Secretary then Secretary of State, um, whatever her name Benson was, (coughs) pardon me. Jocelyn Benson. Jocelyn. Um, Okay, so absentee voter ballot application and ballot processing. Signature verification and voter notification. So we won't read through all of it, but this is what she wrote in regards to signature review. It says, signature review begins with the presumption that the voters absentee ballot... Absentee voter application, pardon me, or envelope signature is his or her signature. So already out of the gate, she's saying we begin with presumption that this is their signature, right? Genuinely speaking. Uh, Number one, if there are any redeeming qualities in the AV application or return envelope signature as compared to the signature on file, treat the signature as valid. Redeeming qualities may include but are not limited to distinctive flourishes, more matching features than non-matching features, and see examples one through five in the chart below. Number two, she says, a voter's signature should be considered questionable. Only if it differs in multiple, significant, and obvious respects from the signature on file, slight dissimilarities should be resolved in favor of the voter whenever possible. Now, for those of you guys on the podcast side, because we are podcasting live on Spreaker tonight, so if you're not getting our video, you can check us out on Spreaker, Um, we are showing this uh, policy that this uh, Secretary of State Benson put out for Michigan, and it has an example of five different types of signature. I'm going to blow this up a little bit more on screen so you can see a little bit better. Now, check this out. We have one totally cursive Catherine Metzger versus it looks like when you would write it in one of those electronic boxes, like, you know, that you, you use at the stores to sign your name for credit cards. Uh, very, very, very not that, right? Okay, next up we have what? Partial signatures. Uh, they, they sign J and D, First name and last name, initials. And then on the ballot, you have the full name. I mean, it might be in the same calligraphy, right? But really, really speaking, if you have voter records and they do keep, you know, voter signatures, they they compare them to the DMV. If you're in a state like Texas, you got to go to the DMV every few years. If you're in a state like Arizona and you're lucky enough only to have to go every 50 years, well, they're a little bit hard up for luck, I'm sure. But in the state of Texas, you could probably compare their signatures going back all the way through their age of 16. If they're 60, you got quite a slew of evidence to look at to see what their votes look like and see if they do sign their initials see if they do sign their names and from there you can make your assessment but here you have secretary of state benson saying it doesn't matter what kind of evidence you've had for the last few years as long as the calligraphy is the same it doesn't matter if it's not the same as what they would have signed for the last 40 years of their life right so you know what and and this is the guidance that they're giving to the people and the precincts and the vote counters the ballot counters whatever you want to call them to follow you know and who does she think that she is to override their own voting protocols right More examples, we have uh, Alice Robinson, Alice Robinson, um, a tight signature versus a loose signature. Those don't look anything correct to me, but it does say here um, that is considered valid. Uh, Other ones, they have um, uh, Bill Smith versus William Smith, same penmanship, different name. Uh, Sometimes he feels like going like by Bill and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes you feel like a Bill, sometimes you don't, I guess, right? Uh, Lucinda Jones, just because they're both kid type writing, you know, that's got to be valid. Solid. I don't get it, but whatever. And then finally, there are two examples of things that have um, ID um, signatures that should be questionable. I mean, if you ask me, I would have questioned all of these, to be honest with you. Anyways, uh, it also says down here, let me shrink that out for you guys just a little bit. Clerk should presume that a voter's application vote, I mean, absentee voting application or envelope signature in his or her genuine signature, is his or her genuine signature, as there are several acceptable reasons that may cause an apparent mismatch." What kind of load is that, guys? That is a pretty big load right there. Miss Benson, you must have been sitting on that for a while, right? Okay, let's shrink that screen for you guys. All right. So uh that was what was going on there. Now, in another article, oh, actually this was not an article. This was um this was a statement uh by Representative Matt Hall, Matt Hall of Michigan. He said that Benson basically overstepped her authority. And that she crafted, uh, overstepped her authority in crafting signature verification standards, right? So Matt Hall, he was the 2019-2020 chair of the House Oversight Committee. He worked with the Senate Oversight Committee in examining Michigan's election process. So this guy was like right on the ground with this. In his statement, he said, I'm glad the court sees Secretary of State Benson's attempts at lawmaking for what they are. Clear violations of her authority, right? Who does she think she is, right? If she wants to make changes like these, she needs to work with the legislature or properly promulgate promulgate them through the laws we have on the books, in this case, the Administrative Procedures Act. The legislature is an equal branch of government charged with crafting laws. This is not the role of the Secretary of State, and there is a clear process that must be respected. Unfortunately, Secretary of State Benson has a pattern of not respecting that process. She issued a mandatory directive requiring local election officials to apply a presumption of validity to all signatures on absent, absent voter ballots, but there is nothing within state law allowing for that type of power from her position. As a result, this directive was found to be not in accordance with our laws and therefore is not valid sorry secretary of state benson looks like you lost this one and uh here here for another case of election fraud on the inside track on the legislative side and uh this is this story here it's just it is a good example again that these things happen on the inside of course we know that not everyone else knows that uh, but it just goes to show that uh, some people feel like they can they can write their own laws and and this this case, as well as um, some other cases that we 'll talk about in a few minutes, definitely go to show that what does the constitution say that the laws in regard to election are delegated to the legislature, not city officials, not county officials not City ordinances, it is the state legislature. And that was Trump's whole point in taking this to the Supreme Court. And they failed us, guys. They failed us. But it's okay. SCOTUS Gate is coming. SCOTUS Gate is coming. All right. Let's go over to our next state. We'll be looking at the state of Mississippi. Oh my goodness, they're going to cancel the C report because I have what? I have a racist flag on my screen. Oh no! Okay, just kidding, guys. You know, you know how it goes. All right, in the state of Mississippi. Now, this one was pretty big. Now, this one, it had big percentages and small numbers, and it does go to show you how, at the local level, this can really affect the outcome of an election. And guys, we're already at 20 till the hour. The report will be running late tonight. So if you don't have time, if you got to go foxhopping, you can always come back and see the replay. We will be here on Foxhole because it is so amazing that they save it and they don't give us a 15 minute like, you know, you can't, like what can you do with a place like Twitch where it goes away in 15 days? I mean, come on! And then they still and then they still ban it, or they still they still removed it. They actually we had one of our first videos removed on Twitch. It was the COVID report. Go look at it. It's the uh, April 15th on Wednesday. We talked about uh, the vaccines and the mRNA vaccines, that one's already been stripped off. That's the one that got us banned on YouTube. Anyways, that got us banned on YouTube. It was taken off of Twitch. I don't understand why Twitch would do such... Actually, I do understand exactly why Twitch would do such a thing. But anyways, back to the report. 20 uh, 20 till, we're going to be running a little bit late today. Okay, all right. So uh, this is Mississippi. Because we still have all the letters in the alphabet to go, right? Okay, (laughs) I'm going in alphabetical order, guys. Anyway, so Mississippi. All right, WCBI Mississippi reports... The judge calls for new elections as 78% of the ballots are found to be invalid. Now, the article says in his ruling, Judge Jeff Weil said that 66 of 84 absentee ballots cast in the June runoff were not valid and should never have been counted. Nicholas Holliday was declared the winner. By, 37, by a 37-vote margin. 37 votes, guys. Robert Duvall challenged the results in court. Now, Judge Weil found many irregularities with the absentee ballots. He issued a bench warrant for a notary republic by the name of Dallas Jones who notarized these absentee ballots and during a hearing jones admitted that violating um jones admitted to violating notary duty so duty so this uh, dallas jones has already admitted to committing the crime now robert duval um no i'm sorry lydia quarles who is robert duval's attorney said when you have an absentee ballot there's an envelope you vote you fold the ballot, you put it in an envelope, you lick the flap, and then you sign across the flap, and then the notary signs your election certificate. She testifies that she didn't sign in front of anybody. She didn't even see anybody. She just notarized it, and then she stamped it. Okay, so to break down this terrible English, okay, <laughs> she, she's telling you the process of doing an absentee ballot. ballot. You vote, you fold. You place, you lick, you sign, and the notary stamps in front of you. Now, Dallas Jones testified that she didn't even sign in front of anybody. She didn't see anybody when she signed it. She just notarized them and stamped them. Okay? Sorry, Lydia Quarles, for an attorney, you speak terrible English. In fact, Jones testified that she was called to the home of then elder woman, Lady Garth. Now, apparently in Mississippi, their congressional representatives or their councilmen are, uh, this is a councilman, I'm sorry, they're called elder people. So you have elder woman, alderman, I don't know if you're in the state of Mississippi, I'm sorry if I'm screwing this up. I've never heard of an elder person, but this is what they are, right? So, elder woman Lady Garth, uh, in June, called Jones over to her house to correct her father's absentee ballot paperwork. And while Jones was there, she notarized about 30 ballots. 30-something ballots, the article says. So, 37 is what was found in the end. Now, the judge also found 83 regular ballots that were counted without being initialed by election workers, thus rendering them invalid. Judge Weil also said there was clear evidence of voter intimidation, which I find this interesting. There was clear evidence of voter intimidation and harassment at the polling place on Election Day. State law says candidates and supporters must stay at least 150 feet away from the polling place. I mean, unless your uh, vice president select Kamala Harris, right? You're supposed, to stay, you're supposed to stay 150 feet away from the polling place. Um, in his ruling, the judge also said Holiday, along with police chief Henry Randall and former mayor Maurice Howard, acted as if they were above the law, repeatedly violating criminal statutes. Now, the Monroe Journal reported that the final uh, the, the final total of votes was 177 votes for Holiday and 140 votes for Duval. Do you see, guys, why it's so important to understand this? A 37 votes made the difference here, guys. And court documents state that an election in which 66 ballots have been handled erroneously. So you have 66 ballots in error and a 37 ballot margin, which means it took, what, 29 votes for Holiday to catch up to Duvall and 37 to put him over the top. Do you get it? Okay, so 66 ballots were voted for, and it's clear that the will of the voters is impossible to discern, and there can be no confidence in the integrity of the outcome of this vote. And that's why the judge has ordered a new election in the state of Mississippi in, in Ward 1 for the elder people of this ward. So it's a pretty interesting story there, guys. Very interesting story. Okay, that was a pretty big one. All right, let's go to Montana. All right, Montana had voter fraud as well. Now, uh, the Epic Times reported that a river of doubt ran through mail-in voting in Montana. So this one's going to be a mail-in voting, a mail-in voting case. <coughs> the article says that it concluded, its conclusions were troubling. 4,592 out of 72,491 mail-in ballots lacked envelopes. of all the votes lacked envelopes, okay? Big problem. Without an officially printed envelope with registration information, a voter signature, and a postmark indicating whether it was cast in time for the election. And therefore, the election officials could not verify that the ballot was legitimate. It's basically against the law to count these votes. But of course, you had everyone say, count the vote, and, uh, and, and to not stop the count. I mean, that was so convoluted, like we knew what we were saying, but the world didn't. Anyways, what's more, according to auditors, county employees claim that during the post-election audit, some of the envelopes may have been double counted, possibly indicating an even higher number of missing envelopes. Auditors also tested a small random subsample of 15,455 mail-in envelopes for other defects. Of these, 55 of them lacked postmark dates. 53 of them never had their signatures checked for a total of 0.7% of all the ballots in that sample. No envelope had more than one irregularity. Now, if you were to extrapolate from that subsample, that would make more than 5,000 of Missoula County's votes, which is roughly 7%, have unexplained irregularities. Uh, Because again, in Montana, all of these happened in Missoula County. Now, it does say, still another issue arose during the audit that aroused auditor suspicions. There were dozens of ballot envelopes that bore strikingly similar distinctive handwriting styles in the signatures, suggesting that one or several persons may have filled out and submitted multiple ballots, which is also an act of fraud. One auditor asserted that 20 uh, that of the 28 envelopes reviewed from the same address a nursing home all 28 signatures looked exactly the same stylistically. Now, another auditor reported that among the envelopes reviewed, two very unique signatures appeared dozens of times, describing one such signature as starting out flat moving to a peak and tapering out, and another as consistently of numerous circles, like a bubble, a bubble type of signature. Now, auditors were unable to conduct a more comprehensive count. They say Missoula County election officials refused to permit them to take pictures of the signatures, and envelopes were not shared across the different tabulation tables at the audit, so reviewers could not cross-compare ballot samples. Another concern of the auditors was that the county election um, elections office did not provide access to video footage. It claimed to have recorded of the vote counting activities. So I personally thought that this story out of Montana was huge. Like, I'm like, we're talking like thousands and thousands. They have all of these discrepancies, all of these irregularities. Um, They did have a, uh, they did have, um, let me pull up my note here. Uh, They did have a representative take this to the House and Senate of the state of Montana to, uh, to see if they could, you know, get this going in front of them, uh, in front of one of their committees. Um, so that was, let me see if I got the name here. Uh, Quinton Rhodes is the name of his, uh, of the lawyer of this representative. Here we go. Uh, representative Brad Toshida of Montana. He was the, uh, he was the uh, representative that the constituencies, constituencies, constituents who are concerned about him, they took it to him. Um, I thought this was a really big story, guys. So I got in touch with the uh, the office of Brad Tashida and also with his lawyer, um, but they have not returned uh, a message in regard to this case. I really want to know if they actually took this to the House and the Senate. Committee offices uh, to to get this story, this because this is a big story, guys. Like this is big. Like I think of all of the stories I'm presenting to you tonight, with the exception of our last one, <laughs> this is a really big story. And uh, I, I there's no follow up. This story comes from like I think February to early March. There's been no follow-up on this yet. So I'm really interested to know. I'm hoping that the representative or his lawyer will get back to me soon. And when they do, we will give you a follow-up here at the C-Report. All right, guys, let's go over to the state of Nevada. Nevada, let's look at Nevada. All right, Nevada. Let me see how we're doing on time. We're at 52. Okay, so let me see here what I got for you on Nevada. Nevada. Okay, uh, let me just share this with you real quick, and I'm going to do some on, uh, on-the-air maintenance. I hope you guys don't mind. So in the state of Nevada, we had, uh, we had a grand jury indict uh, Patterson councilman, Alex Mendez and Michael Jackson (laughs) on election fraud offenses. Okay. So this is, uh, these are, these are city councilmen that were, um, indicted on election fraud offenses. Okay. I'm sorry. That's, uh, that's coming for up in a minute. Uh, Let me get over here to you with this guys. Okay. So this story comes from the Patterson times, And it says that a state grand jury has indicted two sitting council members for election fraud and other offenses stemming from the May 12, 2020 municipal elections announcing New Jersey Attorney General Greer Gural on Wednesday afternoon. So Alex Mendez, I think I had a picture of these guys. Do I got a picture? I thought I had a picture. Oh, there they are. Wait, am I in New Jersey or am I in... (laughs) Sorry, guys. I'm in New Jersey. My bad. Sorry. I know y'all wanted to hear about Michael Jackson. Let me get back to Nevada before we get to New Jersey. We're doing this in alphabetical order. Okay. In Nevada, (laughs) my bad, guys, we had 92,000 mail-in ballots that were returned undeliverable. Okay. 92,000 ballots. So let's take a look at this here real quick. This is the report I wanted to show you guys. I I was right. I should have gone with what I had first. Okay. So PILF, the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Now, these guys will pop up again in the story, in the report tonight. But these are the guys that were handling this case in Nevada. Uh, They released this. They they issued this press release here. Um, Ninety-two thousand Clark County, Nevada mail-in ballots went to the wrong addresses in the twenty twenty presidential election coup. Um, Statewide Trump Biden statewide Trump Biden vote difference was thirty-three thousand. Uh, It says on uh, March 2021, Clark County, Las Vegas Metro, where you go, you know, you go to Las Vegas, automatically sent actual mail ballots to every active registered voter on file for the 2020 presidential election. Uh, Let me blow this up a little bit for you guys. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. Um, Nevada was among a small minority of states to perform mass mail balloting for primary and general elections due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Clark County 2020 general election data showed that 92,367 mail ballots were returned undeliverable to wrong or outdated addresses for a sense of scale. Former Vice President Joe Biden carried the whole of Nevada with the final lead of 33,596 votes. Do You guys get how big that is? Biden won by 33,000 votes and they had 92,000 votes that went to the wrong place. That means it took Biden approximately 60,000 votes to catch up to Trump and 33,000 votes to put him over the top. This is crazy, guys. Okay, the article continues. Previous PilF reports showed that Clark County transmitted more than 223,000 mail-in ballots to wrong or outdated addresses during the spring primaries. After that, the Nevada legislature passed AB4 and limited mass mailing for the general election to only active registrants in the fall. So that means that they were sending these to inactive voters as well. Now, this is ridiculous. We will have a story on um, voter rolls later on in the report, but this is what I'm talking about. They, the, the Dems knew. The Dems, liberals, socialists, communists, fascists, progressives, whatever you want to call them, they're all the same people they knew that they had dirty voter rolls to fall on. Dead people, people who've moved, people who are, uh, what? well, they're dead, deceased. Uh, You know, they've gone off to college, whatever, what have you. You know, they're no longer there permanently or something like that. I mean, there's other circumstances, of course. I mean, I did hear that there were cases where kids were able to vote, but like, um, or at least they were sent a ballot. I mean, I think even the dog Pete was sent a ballot as well. But this is just goes to show, like, even at small percentages and even at large percentages, how these people can get away with these things is insane, guys. And that, my friends, is an understatement. All right, guys, so we're at the top of the hour. We're going to go a little bit more. We're what? At the letter N. So we're basically halfway through the alphabet. Fortunately, not every state in the union um, reported these stories for me to share with you tonight, but we're getting there. I'm going to do a little bit of on-the-air maintenance. Alrighty guys. Thanks again for joining me on the C-Report for a late night report. We're doing a report on election fraud coming to you live on QA Holes Network and also on the Foxhole app. If you guys have not heard of the Foxhole app, you guys need to get the Foxhole app. And if you can't get the Foxhole app, you probably have an iPhone. Anyways, but definitely, guys, I definitely recommend it. You guys, there are a bunch of people in the Patriot community and America First community that have been uh, banned and shunned but have found a new home and are now coming together to join forces and, um, you know, bring down these bastards <laughs> that have stolen our election. I know I say that with a smile, but it's because, you know, I'm an everlasting optimist. What can I say? All right. Let me see if I can get this. Let's get that right. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Let's see what we got next on the report. Moving right along. I don't think we'll last another hour, um, but we'll see what happens. Now we can go to New Jersey. All right. And this was was my creme de la creme just because Michael Jackson is this report, and I totally ruined it. (coughs) Okay. Now in New Jersey, the Patterson Times reports, grand jury indicts. Patterson city councilman Alex Mendez and Michael Jackson. (laughs) That's the only reason why I wanted to do this story on election fraud offenses. So let's get these guys ugly mugs on the face. All right. There you have it. Alex Mendez and Michael Jackson. No relation to the dead pop singer. Obviously. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. uh, The story from the Patterson Times reports a state grand jury has indicted two sitting council members for election fraud and other offenses stemming from the May 12th 2020 municipal elections, announced New Jersey Attorney General Gerber Gruel. God, your mom must have loved you, Gerber. On Wednesday afternoon, that was uh, back in May. Uh, I'm sorry, that was back in February. Alex Mendes, 45, and Michael Jackson, 49, were each indicted on election fraud Fraud in casting mail-in votes, unauthorized possession of ballots, tampering with public records or information, and falsifying or tampering with records. Mendez is also charged with false registration or transfer and attempted false registration or transfer. Both men were charged um, by complaint summons in June 2020. Okay, um, Jackson could face a minimum of more than 26 years in... Oh, wait, wait, I skipped a paragraph. The Attorney General's Office of Public Integrity and Accountability opened an investigation um, after the United States Postal Inspection Service alerted them that hundreds of mail-in ballots were found in a mailbox in Halliden. Hundreds more mail-in ballots were found in a mailbox in patterson in the all vote by mail election isn't it interesting this theme here clearly voting by mail makes election fraud a lot easier but we already knew that jackson could face a maximum of more than 26 years in state prison if convicted and mendez could face a maximum of more than 36 years in prison if convicted I'm not gonna drag it, right? Now, the new now NewJersey.com reports that state law mandates that a bearer may collect and deliver ballots for no more than three voters in an election. And a candidate is barred from acting as a bearer. So, in other words, candidate can't go to a place and be like, I'm gonna take your ballots for you. No, they need to recuse themselves of such activity. Prosecutors allege the council members collected ballots from voters and brought them to the county election office. Other allegations in the case include that mail-in ballots were delivered without identifying the bearer and that a voter registration application was submitted for an individual not eligible to vote in the district listed on the form, according to prosecutors. Now, the New Jersey Office of Attorney General Gerber S. Gruwal. I mean, your mother loved you, but I don't know if I love your mom for giving you that name. Anyways, uh, these are the counts that they were um, called upon. Um, election fraud, which is a second degree felony. Fraud in casting mail-in votes, a third degree felony. Unauthorized possession of ballots, a third degree felony. Tampering with public records or information, a third-degree felony, and falsifying or tampering with records, a fourth-degree felony. Mendez is also charged with false registration or transfer, a third-degree felony, and attempted false registration or transfer, another third-degree felony. Now, the epic Times went on to state that the New Jersey city councilman accused of this mail-in voting fraud pled not guilty. So an update to that story, because, of course, this story broke again. We're talking like in February, Um, in April, as of the 2nd. He pled not guilty. Uh, The article said a city council member in Patterson, New Jersey, pleaded not guilty on election fraud charges stemming from last year's municipal election. They actually went on to say it was political. They were saying, oh, the judge is political and he doesn't like us because of who we are and, and the party that we vote for. Blah, 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 blah. Cry, 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 cry. We don't want to take responsibility for our actions. You know, we just want to work under the cover of night and think that you're stupid enough not to notice. Alex Mendez entered his not guilty plea from a Passaic County judge on Thursday. Uh, Mendez was previously indicted on seven voter fraud and election fraud charges relating to the May 2020 election coup. Former President Donald Trump's campaign cited the charges against Jackson and Mendez while singling out the danger of using expanded mail in balloting for the general election. In November 2020, Uh, President Trump could have used the Montana example as well, because they actually found those discrepancies. And then you have these guys here doing that whole fraud where they're, I guess, dumping a bunch of ballots. I wonder for what party and for what president they dumped those ballots over in that mailbox, right? So yep, that's what's going on in New Jersey. All right, well, we got next North Carolina. All right, North Carolina. It says, um, this is from, let's see here. Oh, it says illegal voting. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So uh, let me read my notes right. North Carolina. This was not a case of excessive voter fraud, but this was a case of illegal immigrants or non-residents voting in an election. Uh, So again, this was not an excessive case. But if you think again about the Miller-Meeks Hart case where only six votes made the difference, you never know. Uh, Zachary Stiber reported 24 more charged in voter fraud probe, prosecutor says. So over in North Carolina, federal prosecutors in North Carolina said on Friday, March 19th, that 24 additional people have been charged in an ongoing probe into voter fraud, including two who are accused of illegally voting in the 2016 presidential election. A slew of other defendants were charged with falsely claiming United States citizenship in order to register to vote. Some also engaged in naturalization fraud and misuse of visas, permits, and other documents relating to voter registration, officials said. Defendants hailed from 15 countries, including Honduras, Iraq, and Canada. The charges date back to the fall of 2019, though the cases were just unsealed. The most recent arrest occurred on March 16th, 2021. Those charged face jail time and fines of up to $350,000 each if convicted. All right. So all that hard work you do out on the hill. (laughs) Uh, Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Let's take a look at Pennsylvania. Come on, Pennsylvania, what's going on? Okay, so uh, let's see. Pennsylvania, this comes again from PILF, the public interest legal firm. They say (coughs) Pennsylvania has agreed in a settlement to remove dead voters from their... Um, voter registration rolls. Uh, so again, this is that case guys, where you have these states that have not cleaned out their voter registration rolls. Now judicial watch has actually sued and won states over this. I think he sued in California, maybe Florida. Uh there's this story going back some years now. But judicial watch has sued states to clear their voting rolls and they have won. So here's another case where we have this now in Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania, your voter rolls are clean. Let's keep them that way, okay? So Pennsylvania says uh they they are settling, they are settling a lawsuit um and they will remove dead voters from their voter rolls. Now, in the uh, statement released by the public interest legal firm, let me see if I got that up here. Oh, actually, this is the lawsuit. Uh, that is uh, public. Uh, let me let me blow that up for you guys a little bit. Um, I'm not going to read this, obviously. It's like seven pages long. Uh, the public interest, the Pill Foundation versus the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. They're then, uh, sec- well, actually, I think this is the current one, Veronica de DeGraffenried, Um, And it says here, let's see here. Well, actually, before I get into that, let me read to you the article, what's going on from uh, their statement. Now, in their statement, Pilf said, uh, the settlement secures removing over... The settlement um, settlement secures removing over twenty thousand deceased registrants from the Pennsylvania voter rolls. Twenty thousand people were still on the Pennsylvania voter rolls, guys. This is insane. Uh, On April 7, 2021, the Public Interest Legal Foundation reached a settlement with the Pennsylvania Department of State to remove deceased voters from Pennsylvania's voter rolls. Prior to the initiation of the lawsuit, the foundation provided the Commonwealth with the names of at least 21,000 deceased registrants who remained on the voter rolls less than a month before the pivotal 2020 election coup. Pilfs data revealed that 9212 of these deceased registrants had been dead for at least 5 years, 1990 had been dead for at least 10 years, and 197 had been deadly, had been dead for at least 20 years. In addition, hundreds of these registrants showed post-death voting credits for the 2016 and or the 2018 midterm and term elections. Isn't that crazy, guys? So they have proof in the pudding here. And and yet somehow the state of Pennsylvania did not want to take these uh, cases in the Supreme Court and at their Supreme Court house on technicalities. Technicalities. But yet they had the proof here. That's why, oops, sorry guys. That's why I'm saying, I'm getting excited. That's why I'm saying like, we have to keep the faith. We have to keep the hope. My- <laughs> My scene is falling down apart here um, because they have everything that they need. They have everything that they need. They have all the evidence that they need. These are articles, hard fact articles where the law has been laid down people are being prosecuted people are going to jail there is evidence of voter and election fraud in these headlines right this is real deal holy stuff here guys and yet the left will still decry voter election fraud unless russia is involved not if china is involved but if russia is involved for sure For sure, and you'd think that they would have given up on that dead horse already, right? But anyways, this was the lawsuit that I was showing you guys earlier. We're not going to read through it, but just so you can see what it was all about, Um, it says here on October fifteenth, twenty twenty, the foundation filed this civil lawsuit, a civil action against Kathy Bookvar, who was the then secretary of the Commonwealth. Uh, Commonwealth, uh, they they don't. uh, I believe that they they appoint their secretaries of state. If I'm not getting that wrong. I think I'm right uh, as opposed to elect. And uh, anyways, it goes on to say in the United States District Court of Middle or for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, alleging that she had failed to make reasonable efforts to maintain the Commonwealth's list of registered voters as required by Section 8 of the National Voter Registration Act of uh, 1993. Uh, It goes on to say, following the May 2021 primary election and prior to the November 2021 statewide general election, the death data set received from the Electronic Registration Information Center will be compared to the full voter registration database. An example, the statewide uniform registry of electors for the purpose of identifying persons who are ineligible to vote by reason of the registrant's death. So right here, what they're saying is this is what this is what the state of Pennsylvania has to do. Following the May 2021 primary election, but before the November 21 uh, statewide general election, they got to get this done. Um, it also says before then that the data set received... From the E-R-I-C shall be the next normal run of death data published by the E-R-I-C and shall incorporate the Social Security Death Index. The Department of State shall transmit to each county commission the names of the individuals registered in each respective county identified as deceased as a result of the comparison undertaken pursuant to paragraph 7 of this agreement. The Department of State shall inform the county commission's that they should promptly cancel the registration of those registrants identified as deceased. The one-time identification of deceased registrants using the process set forth in this agreement shall be in addition to and not a substitute for list maintenance activity that is required to undertake pursuant to mandates of both the NVRA And Pennsylvania law. So that's definitely they I mean, they definitely stepped their step up. Um, They went ahead, they sued the state of Pennsylvania, decided to settle it. And I mean, of course, they're not gonna they're not going to place any onus. And they're not going to place any responsibility on the current uh, Secretary of State in this Commonwealth. But the point is, this was settled. And they're going to clean their voter rolls. Look out, America. Any of you other states out there who have dirty voter rolls, we're going to come for you. I'm going to stick pilf on you is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Anyways, okay, guys. Let's see where we are now. We already went there? Oh, uh, this was from the... Actually, this here is the website, uh, Public Interest Legal Foundation. Uh, publicinterestlegal.org, in case you're interested. And this was one of their... Um, uh, press releases in regards to that. I don't think we were going to, I don't know why. I think, I don't know why that's still there, but it's there. Okay. All right, guys, we're going on to the state of Texas. Now I didn't save the best for last. It just so happens that Texas is high up on the low end of the alphabet. And I didn't find any cases for, uh, what, Wyoming, Virginia. I'm sure there's some for Virginia, uh, and X, Y, and Z anyways. Okay. So, uh, we're going to close tonight with now this one whoo. This man, we got some stories in Texas for you guys. Okay, Um, yeah, let me tell you another reason why Texas ain't gonna turn blue, no matter what anyone says. Uh, We're cleaning it out, guys. We're cleaning it out. Okay, Uh, this report comes from the Texan. Active election fraud prosecutions are at an all-time high, says uh, Texas Attorney General's Office. Uh, Jonathan White, the chief of the election fraud section in the Texas Attorney General's Special Prosecution Division, testified during a meeting of the Texas House Elections Committee on Thursday, April 1st, 2021, that the number of active election fraud cases is higher than our historical average by a long shot. Representative Travis Clardy of Nacogdoches, Republican, asked White whether there were trends developing in election fraud prosecutions. And the response was, I can say that our cases are currently at an all-time high. And that's for several reasons probably, but we have more cases today. We have 510 offenses Pending against forty-three defendants in court right now, and that was his test. That was his testimony, um, noting that the cases are also getting more complicated. Um, White advised that eighty percent of those pending cases concern alleged mail ballot fraud, and sixty percent. Committed by one hundred and fifty person fifty five persons since two thousand and five, so this does stretch back to two thousand and five. Uh, I had also read a case uh, wherein President Trump had quoted a g Paxton uh, in regards to the amount of cases uh, that they had of voter fraud being somewhere around five thousand, but that was a number that had been um, Uh, um, accrued since like the early 2000s, like that 2005, you know, it was over a span of time, and then people use that to, um, to basically uh, debunk President Trump. But anyways, It goes on here to say that White was offering his perspective as a neutral witness as the committee considered House Bill HB6, uh, which was legislated by Chairman Briscoe Kane of Deer Park, Texas, that would strengthen penalties for voter fraud and add protections for poll watchers uh, and give more priority to election fraud claims in Texas courts. Now, from the Office of Attorney General Ken Paxton, we had uh, we had the um, we had a bunch of uh, I got to show you guys. I got to show you guys this. You, you, you give me a minute. We'll get to it. But um, uh, the Office of Attorney General Ken Paxton, he reported this uh, on his website, um, that in the county of Bandera, which is just to the west of Travis County, uh, Leonor Rivas Garza, Eva Ann Martinez, and Tomas Ramirez were indicted on several charges related to the 2018 Medina County Primary election. Now, Tomas Ramirez, he is actually um, a court justice. Okay, so it says on February 11th, Garza, Martinez, and Ramirez turned themselves into Bandera County justice system. This case involved allegations of vote harvesting at assisted living centers in Medina County in the 2018 Medina County primary elections. Now, I always said that we got some dirty places in Texas. That's dirty, guys. Like, and this is that local. This was for the county elections. Like um, News Four San Antonio gives us some details on this now. News Four San Antonio reported that Garza is facing one charge of organized election fraud, two counts of illegal voting, eight counts of unlawful possession of a ballot or ballot envelope, two counts of election fraud, and four counts of fraudulent use of an absentee ballot by mail. Martinez is facing one count of organized election fraud, nine counts of illegal voting, 28 counts of unlawful possession of ballots or ballot envelopes, three counts of purportedly acting as an agent, five counts of tampering with government records, 14 counts of election fraud, and four counts of fraudulent mail ballot applications. Meanwhile, Balderrama is facing one count of organized election fraud, nine counts of illegal voting, two counts of unlawful possession of ballot or ballot envelope, one count of mail ballot applications, two counts of unlawfully assisting voter voting by mail, two counts of tampering with government records, and eight counts of election fraud. Like, this is insane, guys. Now this is even more insane. And we're going to do this, and we're going to top it with the most insane story of them all to end the night. I promise you. This is from the website of our attorney general, Ken Paxton, when I did a search result for election frauds on his website. (laughs) Check this out. Check this out. A.G. Paxton's election fraud unit arrests non-citizens charged with illegal voting in Navarro County. Edinburgh mayor, wife, arrested in organized illegal voting scheme. A.G. Paxton's election fraud unit arrests nine alleged participants of an organized legal voting scheme in Edinburgh. A.G. Paxton announces joint prosecution of Gregg County organized election fraud and mail in balloting scheme. Voter fraud. A.G. Paxton, San Antonio election fraudster arrested for widespread vote harvesting and fraud. That's the story we're gonna close the night with, guys. uh, Let's see. Ag Paxton statement on Project Veritas. That's the one, guys. This is a. If you guys did not see this one, it is crazy, Uh, and it goes on, guys. So our Ag is on top of it. I remember right at the end of um of the coup, um, and when we started getting into the meat of this. The state of Texas, through the attorney general's office, actually offered like a $1 million reward, if not more, for anyone that could offer evidence that was proven or of a conviction in election and voter fraud. So if you had a case and you sent it to the AG, the state of Texas was awarding people. They put a bounty on people who are committing voter fraud. And it makes you wonder why all of these cases popped up. Yeah, we take shit serious in the state of Texas, and I'm not just blowing our own horn. I'll be the first to say not everything is bigger in the state of Texas, okay, guys? But I love my state. Anyways, okay, we're going to close the show in my hometown of San Antonio. And this one blows it out of the park, okay? This was done by Project Veritas, Project Veritas was in my hometown on my mama's birthday at the Alamo. (laughs) And James O'Keefe was here in the flesh. I can't believe I missed him. I would have been like, give me your jacket. Anyways, okay. Um, One thing that I think that we're going to be able to take away from this, in addition to the fact that voter fraud exists and that election fraud does in fact exist, is that it's not just the Democrats, guys. Now, none of us here are rhinos. I know none of us here are rhinos. If you listen to the C Report, you are not a rhino. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my blood. I feel it in my soul. But San Antonio is a dirty city. And... In the coming week or so, I'm going to start doing more stories on San Antonio. There's, uh, there was a cease and desist order against the mayor of San Antonio for being a socialist from the Attorney General of the United States of America. That that story totally got like covered. It totally was whitewashed. Not to sound racist, but you know, um, that's the kind of thing. San Antonio is a dirty city. They put a very placated, docile face on everything. And that's really the way the people of this town are. They are just doormats left and right here. You know, and if and if they're not doormats, they're out to kill you. Like they're deadly. Um it's very subtle, but it's true. You know, um I'm my hometown is San Antonio. Uh prior to moving to Austin, I lived there for ten years. You know, the law was always a stick in our side for things that were not even I mean, it's like, why are you going to waste your time telling us that, you know, we can't park our car in the street for an afternoon just because the neighbor's are friends with the cop you know what i mean stuff like that like they're dirty they're dirty here you know the commissioner uh who went over to the municipal i mean sorry to the coliseum um and said everything was okay and then invited vice president uh, first woman select to have a photo op when these children are getting abused and molested in these uh overcrowded and understaffed places come on come on come on guy Come on, guy. You did one good thing for the city. You did one good thing for the city. And then you let the money take take you away. Okay. We're calling you out, guy. Okay. All right. So this one, Project Veritas. Project Veritas. We're going to roll the video for you guys. It's a good one. It's a good one. If you guys did not see this, there's like six videos in this series. And man, does James O'Keefe ream these people. Oh my God, it's beautiful. And it just goes to show you fraud. And of course, we already knew it goes on both sides. It goes on both sides. And in San Antonio, there were at least two or three Republican candidates. Um, for, one was a judge. One was running for congressional seat and one for a city position. All of them. Crooked. Let's roll the film i standing here
1: in San Antonio, Texas, and we're about to introduce you to a political consultant working for House Republican candidate Mauro Garza. Her name? Raquel Rodriguez, and she's committing massive voter fraud here in the state of Texas. We have Raquel on tape coercing voters to vote the right way, as well as bribing these voters with gifts. Oh, in Texas, it's illegal to ballot harvest unless you're someone's relative. It's also illegal to coerce someone to change their vote. Our journalists wanted to see what Rodriguez was actually doing, paying her $500, allowed us in the door. I'll go over the ballot with us and say, like, I need to go make some more copies of this. That's the ballot so itself. This is the
2: ballot itself. So ballot. she's in precinct, two. She voted for John Corgan, okay? So this is what she voted for here, all right? So she, she basically went through the through the ballot and picked off. Now you know on here, you chose a Republican, not a Democrat, right? Yeah, can I do that You can vote for whatever you want, but our conversation that we had, you said you were voting for a hanger because you were going straight Democrat. So I'm just bringing that to your attention because you could literally change it and put your initials there and you're fine. Because if you're trying to do a straight democratic ballot, that is um not a democrat. You know what I mean? And it's okay because normally what I'm doing is I'll stick with them If you want to change it, you can and then uh you can just put your initials there. So that way you're voting for the straight down. But that's what you want to do, correct? You want to vote for the entire all the Democrats you see that? Mm-hmm. Can I do it like that? Um, well, I didn't want it all. And the, and the only way that you can do that, Mom, is if, if you, uh, you're you going to shake the Democrat because you want all Dems, right? And you're going to have to put the, the line through it and your initials so they're going to know it was a mistake. That's the only way they're gonna accept it. Okay, so what you're gonna do is you, you need to shape that in. You're gonna put a line through there and you. So you're gonna you're gonna dot that in, and the line goes like this, And then your initials are gonna put right there. So, um, okay, so let me I'm gonna do this for you. I'm just gonna take a picture of you doing that so we know did it and you're putting it out. Yes, yeah, it's will be pretty. You wanna go behind her so we, so we show that you were here? Sure. But we could do this, man. Yes, sir. Can Because mm-hmm. it's good for you to understand. Right. Okay, so what I do is I literally get the vote. Mm-hmm. She didn't vote for who we wanted her to vote for. I know. Was- now, if I was there earlier, before she did that, mm-hmm. I would have caught it, and that would have never happened. That would have never happened, right. But when it does happen, all they need to do is check the next person. Put a line through it, with their initials, and that's done. She was like, she didn't want to do it at first, and then you remind her that she was a Democrat. You said you're voting straight Democrat for our yeah. conversation, uh-huh. and and she's like, well, yeah, you know what, you're right. And she right. changed, um, I mean, she was voting, but yeah, clearly voting for John Cornyn. And then you made her, that's you were job, able to... That's my job. The 10 ladies that I'm going to tomorrow, their ballots are going to be empty, okay? So i got to have, because they're in precinct 2, I've got to take all these 10 ballots to them, and... um you know, and I'm going to have it already filled out with who I want, right? And then I'm going to say, listen, these, those are my choices. Like, who I like, because I'm going under me. Tell me what you think. And they're going to say, oh, okay, well, yeah, we'll just work. You saw how it works. Well, it's, it, and it's not being persuasive. Yeah, I guess it is being persuasive. That right there is against the law. For me to tell her, like, you realize you voted for i You're not supposed to say nothing. You just let them fill it out. All you do is let them fill it out. And then I'm not even supposed to get on the staff. I'm not even supposed to pick it up, right? Uh, okay. Everything I've done right back right now is wrong. Okay, like these are the people that get the balance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay, these are my balance. I, I'm taking them back. You're taking what back? <laughs> the From them. And oh. bringing them what? To the post office. Oh, oh. these are people that voted that thing, right? Like these are all the checks. Yep. Okay, okay, I so on have- a day like that, I gonna dash you. That you can do that with. I'm rating done. I don't
1: know, probably like 1800. It's a lot of trips to the post office. It's a lot of everything. Raquel also admits to voting for voters in polling stations and collecting thousands of ballots. She even sent a picture of one of the ballots that she filled in. All of this violates state and federal laws and is so significant it could sway the elections. You're in Texas okay.
2: Uh, those are illegal to have. I got to the post office right now drop off. The do you guys really, you have particular I have a bunch of them. What I'll do is, if I have a bunch of them, I will take 20 here, 30 here, 40 here. First yeah. oh, yeah. what I do have mm-hmm. is that's mm-hmm. illegal. I can go to jail. So I, I'm a little apprehensive to just somebody Okay, I'm and again, once he works with me once, he's going to say she's I, I guess, Trump was right. am <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <stuffing>. Yeah. <laughs> they said he was because you're not to do that's you said. And to go jail? No, I don't want to go to jail. But I mean, I also don't want to go to jail. You can't choose me. them. About okay, so well. you. Okay, so she sent it to you. So she's not Okay, so we got can it. the that okay? It's illegal. What makes it but there's a Because the yeah. you. see, there's a, um, mm-hmm. uh, 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 there's a okay. So you technically working, <laughs> you're just helping them out. Um, your- mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, feels- I like- are um, so technically working on uh- so uh, un- a- so- the cabinet, technically working on the so- up. <laughs> so- uh, the 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 right? like, she owns the cemetery right yeah the up yeah. yeah. wait I'm sorry what right? yeah. dead. Dead. dead so supposedly she was in charge of that I don't know the whole yeah I don't know the whole this was in the judge is. right but you don't do that in the judge race because you are
1: cemetery we don't have the same kind
2: of power. She's got dumb people that um, don't have to use don't have power in the mortgage. She had to, uh, she had food, and uh, then she sold the place. So that's all gone. It was like 10, 15 years. Let me tell you, in 2008, uh, I did go by mail for the Democratic Party. We got over 100 House straight tickets. So, Dennis, my police, the backup court complained at the Attorney General's office in the
0: street.
2: The Attorney General called me and he said, <coughs> and he went to me and he said, Mrs. Ruana, I want you to walk through your process of how the street will find you. And that's why. But is the i, I gave it to anybody. Okay, did, did I ever taste about it? Yes, I did. when it went to, you can't do this, I didn't do it. And I'm with the biggest candidate. Everybody's happy. Which one's that? Wow. How in the hell am I going to get a Republican, gay, Mexican Jew to win this race? Right, that's 80 percent. There's no way. So Tom and I sat down and I said, the only thing that they did is register every mother in that area. Everybody in that district. And then I got to flip all these dumps, but I got to flip them only for him. Only for him. And um, so I can honestly say I'm bringing at least at least 7,000 votes to the polls. So 7,000, and that's and for San Antonio, for this area, it's a, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot, period. Motto allowed me $2,500 to buy gifts. Okay. Okay, nice. And you see how he's represented well. And what did she say? Like, wow. So what is she going to do? She's going to call on the phone she's gonna tell people and she's going to say, man, Motto sent me this badass shop. Uh you know what? Yeah. I couldn't vote for him, but you're in his area. You vote for him.
1: Yeah. This is it's what you call flipping people. Flipping people. Rodriguez gets the voters to do what she wants them to do by rewarding them with gifts, and that's against the law. I do shawls. I do diabetic socks. I do. I do wallets. I do rosaries. I do.
2: Lupita um, down here. Loteria is big. Well, has big, bingo's big down here. I do bingo markers, and I put their stickers on it. So yeah. guess what we're going to do? Well, we're gonna gonna my them, pencil, what we're do. taking them to a bar to go eat, okay? I got some people that go to the bar. And guess what? Look, I had to take them beer. I was like, are y'all going to come and vote or not? And they're like, we're going to meet you right now. I said, come eat me because um get to the bar, I'm going to have a bucket of beer for all of y'all to <laughs> drink. I don't do it. I just took care of it. You yep. owner just did your buckets there. Yep. Uh, so I mean, it's Beers and Balance? Who's yeah. that? Yeah. That's Tommy on top, right? Yeah. Oh, that's Tommy. And who's the old folks? So Those like are the people that was in my voters. Oh, that's the Beers
1: for Balance and Action. Tommy looks good. Yeah. So
2: guess what? I got the whole bar registered. And voted. And voted and then they didn't get drunk and take them to the post office oh we did it first these are some more girls these are some lesbians so, of, so that's smart though oh, oh, no, that oh, wait wait so but that's important so before everybody gets drunk you bring the ballast down horse of course. horse of course. then was well, like school what are we doing move on for it give me the shit right now let's go tommy is the next felon tommy is in the lowrider organization tommy is the founder of um three chapters when it comes to that so Tommy will tell them, we've got an office there. That's our office. We've got computers. So you're out of prison now. Okay, where are you working? What are you doing? Okay, so you need a job. You need to go to an employment office. They don't know how to use a
1: computer. It's not just the seniors she's taking advantage of. It's also various marginalized groups. Her partner, Tom Acosta, helps her exploit those who have been released from prison. At the poll, this is my girlfriend here. I have a black girl at one of the poles. Why do I have a black
2: girl at the pole? Why? Because we need the black folks. I need the get
1: girls. Is it hard to convince certain groups?
2: Not because I have the right people. They've been following me for five years.
1: And so will she do the spiel that you do? Will of she course. do the
2: instructions? Yeah, that's why I have them. I only have five girls that are really, really good, and I've got two that I'm training. She's delivering what I'm delivering. She's delivering her, those, are her black, those are her black friends. Those are her connections. And she's going to get paid. It's a job. It's a job. Should we refer to her as 006? Her name is Lucille. Lucille. So Helen is a Vietnamese. And I register her and the entire Beijing community. All the Vietnamese. I register all of them. They're going to be a bunch of first-time voters. So this is for her, Helen. So she's going to vote for Biden. She's going to vote for MJ Hager. She's going to vote for My Guy Model. Okay. And she's a heavy Democrat. She's a Republican. She's gonna vote for those two. Why is she gonna vote for those two? Because I asked her next her they're a better candidate. They were new voters. Right. But you didn't just give them a sample ballot and hope they voted it your way. Of course not. I already coached her. She already knew. And what did what happened? I had another voter going with her. Why? Is my the other person, somebody that I trust. If he wasn't there, I would have been able to vote. And then he can make sure she votes the right one. Of course. I'm but Tommy balance. does what's called like barbecues. So like an example, this coming Thursday at a bar, we're gonna feed 45 ex-felons that we registered, Is they're gonna all vote. At the barbecue? No, at, oh, okay. uh, they're going to vote before, and then
1: we're going to take them to the barbecue. Rodriguez's voter fraud scheme doesn't end with just coercion and bribery to ensure her client's victory. If the voter doesn't have a mail-in ballot, she gets them to sign an affidavit so she can assist them inside the polling booth to help them vote for the right person. Because Tom goes in with them, I go in with them, because they never voted before. Going where? If the
2: voters poll. with them. I'm okay. going to just sign an affidavit. They need assistance, so we're able to help them.
1: What kind of assistance are you, can you sign with the affidavit here in Texas?
2: There's an affidavit that you sign that indicates, like, I'm going to help this person because he's not capable or what have you. Right. But we also give them the ballot, and they kind of go by the ballot. Mm-hmm. So Tom is doing this, I'm doing this. Okay, so, um, okay, perfect. Okay, Albert, so here's the ballot. Right, so, this is who got the ballot here. Okay, so right there it says. um That's the real ballot, ballot or the sample ballot? Sample. Yeah. Um, the ballot he's working on. Is uh, the real ballot. The real ballot so he's there. got his incarcerated voter, his unincarcerated voter, and the real ballot, and they're inside the polling place. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, okay, so, you, so this is who you circled here, Biden. And then and he's watching what they're doing.
1: And if they make a mistake? Then it works, if it they don't vote for Biden? Hold on. I thought
2: you had a circle right here, right? Oh, that's right. So he'll point it out. And then I mean, sure like, like, with, with
1: what I did. With, uh, what's her name? This yes. 05. Even churchgoers are fair game for Rodriguez. She even admits to getting baptized to win their trust. What she did, she was
2: the one why I got these made. She took them to the black churches. And I went in with her. I, I got because I just, I just took one can. Look, the commissioner, commissioner wanted to win so bad, Elizondo. But he won, and then he died two months later. But he had cancer. And he had, he had, he had 35, he had, he had so many terms. He'd been in office 35 years. They we were trying to turn him out. So I come in, and he's got a young chick running against him. He had 10 people running against him. Mm-hmm. We got him to the runoff. People were like, Raquel, he's 83 years old. That's enough. Right. He told me, you know why I want to die in my seat right now? Because my wife now has his wife's 10 years number. 77, something. She now has cancer, and in order for her to get everything, like all the benefits and all that, I have to my seat has to be. I have to die in my seat. Right.
0: So that's what going to tell me. Right, that? right. i was like, okay. Right, but I'm interested in the thing because that's another thing that I, we can try to duplicate. So inside the church is
1: another goldmine. Example. So that's the whole thing that you need to re- remember. I'm just saying, I got freaking baptized because of him. We've just seen that a small handful of people are able to manipulate thousands of votes in one of the most important elections of our time. If we don't stop this abhorrent illegal activity, buying elections here in Texas may become the new normal, and voters' rights may become a relic of the past.
0: Oh, Project Veritas, laying it down again. Okay, guys, this time in my hometown of San Antonio, Texas. Now, some quick follow-ups to this story, okay? Now, like I said, if you guys never heard about this story of voter election fraud in my hometown, he was here on my mama's birthday. I'll say it again. Cannot believe I missed him. Um... He actually confronted Mauro Garcia or Garza, Mauro Garza, the guy who, uh, this, this scum of the earth, this woman uh, this Raquel Rodriguez, um, he confronted Mauro who is running for a, as a Republican guy, so I'm telling you, you guys already knew this, of course, like I said, none of us here are rhinos, right, none of us here are rhinos, some of us aren't even Republican, some of us aren't even conservative, but we believe in America first, you know, and that's all that's important, you know, as long as you're not a shill communist, you know, fascist, or progressive in disguise, or something like that, anyways, it's okay, Um, but, um, he confronted Mauro At a campaign event in support of Trump. Because you saw it. You saw it yourself. She had all this money, all these credit cards, all these gifts that Mato had given to her in order to help her. Plus, she was on his payroll for $5,000 a month. Okay. Cash, cash monies, baby. So he confronts Mauro and you can go see these videos at projectveritas.com or go to their uh, YouTube. I don't want to promote YouTube. Don't go to YouTube anymore. Like uh, forget it. Forget it guys. I'm done with that place. Anyways, we got bigger and better fish to fry now, but, uh, in the video, Mauro is so uh, like perplexed and like, he's so shooketh by james o'keefe because he knows who he is the man literally drives his own campaign bus away to escape james o'keefe like it is great it is great um so that was just some of it like i said there are about six or seven different reports that uh, project veritas filed on this case so we'll wrap up this case We'll wrap up this case with an update from the San Antonio Express News. And now this is just an example of how complicit San Antonio is with everything like San Antonio is the bitch of the deep state in the, in Texas like they're the bitch like you have places like Houston and Dallas where they're like the people they're the sharks in the tank who are going after your legislation who are going after your rules you have the people in, in, in the state capitol who are more like they're there but they're kind of shilly they're kind of two faced behind the scenes they're playing the game because they're in the state capitol but Travis County is surrounded like a lot of the precincts in Travis County in Austin in Texas are red. Don't get that wrong. Like I was surprised in this past election, Travis County went more red than I've seen it than I lived there the past 10 years of my life, guys. So there's no way that Texas will turn blue. And even President Trump said himself, we won Texas by a much larger percentage than they even thought that they would. But we don't know those numbers because of course, Those numbers were foiled, foibled by this whole election coup and all the machinations that they did in order to take it across, even if it was, you know, I, I saw at least three times and I have two recordings of the numbers being flipped on screen, on live television, and I'm not talking about the the Kentucky election back in 18 that Millie Weaver reported on. I'm talking about in the 2020 presidential coup on live television. Anyways, to wrap up this story on election fraud in San Antonio with this this demon Raquel Rodriguez, she actually was given a an interview that was uh, put on News4 San Antonio where she was telling um well I lied. I lied because I sniffed that something was going on with this guy and I wanted to see how far he was going to go. So this known liar is now expecting people to believe her because she lied to find something out, right? Now, this is how complicit the media in San Antonio is. The San Antonio Express News reported that this woman was accused, accused, of election fraud and handing out gifts. So I changed the headline to reflect the actual story. This San Antonio woman, Raquel Rodriguez, was charged with four felonies in election fraud. Not accused. She was charged with four felonies. The bitch is in jail. All right, Ra- Raquel Rodriguez was arrested on January 13th and charged with four felonies, including election fraud and illegal voting by the state attorney general's office, she was released from the Kendall County jail northwest of San Antonio uh, the following day on a bonds oh, on bonds totaling sixty thousand dollars and I apologize for the terse language guys I, i'm sorry w but this made my blood boil. Anyway, sixty thousand dollars. So this woman, she's seen her day in court. She's been charged. Election fraud is real. Voter fraud is real. And now, like I said, uh, this was this report today was just to give you the hard facts, America, based on our headlines, based on what I read, based on all the stuff that it, it's all out there. So. Never let it be said that election fraud is fake. Never let it be said that it's a Republican, you know, uh, you know, talking point. Because we knew it wasn't true, guys. We knew it wasn't true. But now are the facts, America. We have stories that go from the smallest percentage of fraud to the biggest percentage of fraud, from mail-in voting to legislation, cheating and 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 making up their own rules, you know. And these are just the headlines that I can find going back to January up to to, to this point. I'm sure there are many more cases out there that haven't been covered. And uh, if I get any updates on any of these stories, particularly the Montana story, I really want to see what's up with that. And I'll be waiting on a response from Representative uh, Tishard up there in Montana uh, to see where they went with that. Because they've had enough time. There's got to be some movement in that case, right? Anyways, guys... Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this, with this late report uh, coming to you live on the Foxhole app and uh, Twitch and uh, other likes. Um, we will be back again tomorrow, uh, I, maybe the same time, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, again, I, I will have some doctor's appointments and things to do in the afternoon, so I won't be able to get on at 5 p.m., but I will be on again in the afternoon sometime after 6 p.m. Just uh, stay tuned to uh, Pilled and to the Foxhole app to get those times. Uh, Show times will be posted sometime during the day. Um, We'll probably return to headlines tomorrow. Tonight was a special report. That's why we ran long. Uh, I don't normally uh, like to uh, absorb all of um, y'all's time like this, so I do appreciate it. Um, Otherwise, spread this episode around. Get it out there. Maybe you have a relative that doesn't believe in election fraud or voter fraud. Show them the headlines. I've got them all here for you. Uh, And uh, hopefully that will add some ammunition to your artillery. Maybe that will add some fire to your foot. All right, guys. This is Mr. C for Q&A Holes and the C Report signing out for the evening. We will see you mañana.
2: We will make America great again. Cue the horn. And from this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Cue the horn. Oh, they hold it.